there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! We're going to continue with our series. It's a series we've been in for some time now, and we're going to be in for a while. It is called The War Within. And so if you just came in off the street or this is your first Sunday, we've been in, uh, in examining uh, this great battle that every Christian faces, uh, this war that we all have going on inside of us, this battle between what the Bible calls our flesh or our old nature and the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. There's this great war that, that, that we're all going through and will go through uh, until uh, we die and we get glorified bodies and we're in Christ and then the Spirit reigns in heaven and we don't have to worry about the flesh anymore. Um, so let me launch us like I do every week from our cornerstone scripture. It's Galatians 5, 16 through 18. Um, like I say, you might know it by heart uh, now because we've been in it for, for a while. Paul says this uh, in this great chapter where he's talking about this battle between our, our flesh and our spirit. He says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other. They're at war with each other. So this internal struggle that you feel like, should I do this? I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Or I don't know if I can do this. That, that, that's this battle that's going on inside because they're opposed to each other. Why are they opposed to each other? To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And last week, we kind of opened this up, and so we'll go down to verse 25 here. And Paul simply says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, my translation reads a little different. I use the ESV. It says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So in order to beat this flesh, we've got to walk by the Spirit. We've got to keep in step with the Spirit. Uh, We've got to be prepared. There's nothing worse than showing up for something and not being prepared. Kind of reminds me of a joke that I heard. It's a very old joke. I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, it's not funny. Um, But uh, this is one of my favorite jokes of all times. And this is in honor of Super Bowl Sunday. So it was on a Super Bowl Sunday, and in the forest, the animals decided they were going to play a pickup game of football. All right, and so they divided the teams up, and somehow, some way, you had all the big animals playing against all the small animals. So you had the bears and the wolves and the deer playing against, like, you know, the, the bunny rabbits and the squirrels and the little ladybugs. And as you can imagine, that first half, the little animals could not stop the big animals. They'd hand the ball off to the deer, and, and you know, you had a rabbit and a squirrel on its leg. They just could not bring it down. And so at halftime, the score was 72 to zero, all right? And the little animals were just absolutely defeated. Well, the second half started, and all of a sudden, the centipede showed up. The centipede was there, and they put the centipede in the game, and they, the big animals could not stop 
this little centipede. Every time the ball was handed off on defense, the centipede would just truck the runner and knock him down and grab a fumble and run it into the end zone. And on offense, they would just hand the ball to this centipede and he could get to the end zone almost every single time. Well, the little animals came storming back and it was 70 to 72. But unfortunately, they ran out of time. They almost came back and won the game. So they got to the locker room, and in the, in the locker room for the little animals, the, the bunny rabbit spoke up to the centipede and said, man, we really could have used you the whole game. Why weren't you here during the first half? If you had been here, we, we would have run roughshod over these big animals. To which the little centipede replied, I'm sorry. I was in the locker room taping up my ankles. <laughs> because a centipede has a hundred little legs and it would take a long time to tape those little ankles. I told you it wasn't funny. <laughs> oh, I need a minute. All right. He wasn't prepared, right? Listen, we're in a battle and, and the battle, we're already engaged in the battle and it's not time to put our armor on. We should have our armor, armor on already uh, to be prepared for this battle between the spirit and the flesh that we all face. Many people lose this battle because they simply don't, don't prepare themselves to be in the battle itself. And so I want to finish talking to you about some things that you can do to set yourself up for success in this battle between the spirit and the flesh. So if the key to winning the battle is to walk with the Spirit and to stay in step with the Spirit, then we should know some things to do that would keep us in step with the Spirit. And so last week, uh, I gave you two principles, and I'm going to give you two more this week. Um, the, let, let me just review real quick. Last week, here's what we said. And, and all of these principles uh, have to do with a lessening in one area and an increase in the other. So if you imagine my hands are a scale, all right, and this is your flesh, and this is the spirit, here's what happens. Sometimes your flesh wins out, sometimes your spirit wins out. What we wanna do is we wanna tip the scale in your favor. So we want less of the input into the flesh and more into the spirit. And so here's what we said last week. In order to keep with the spirit, the first thing that we have to do is have less self-talk and more spirit talk. Um, less degrading of ourselves, less saying we're failures, we're never going to make it, we can't do this, and more prayer in and to and by the Holy Spirit. And we looked at this fascinating passage of Scripture uh, that, that Paul wrote, when our flesh gets in the way of our prayer life and we don't even know what to pray because our flesh is winning, the, if we ask the Spirit, He will rush in and He will translate, He will groan on our behalf the things that we can't even put words to. The Holy Spirit will search our minds and our hearts and He'll present those requests to God. So we need to have less self-talk and more Spirit talk. And then here's what we said last week. Uh, in order to walk by the Spirit and stay in step with the Spirit, there needs to be less worry and more worship. Less worrying about what we're gonna eat and drink and what we're gonna wear and what do people think? What do they think of my outfit? What do they think of my hair? Uh, how am I gonna please people? We need to have less of that and more worship. And so a great antidote for worry and anxiety and stress and depression is when we find ourselves in those seasons, in those valleys of worry, we just stop what we're doing and we worship God. 
We talked about all kinds of different ways that, that we can worship God. We've got two more things to kind of wrap this, this uh, last week's message up. Um, so I, wanna, I just want to give them to you quickly, and uh, I'll make a promise to you. This is going to be a shorter sermon. I won't put you through a 55-minute lecture like I did last week. Um, but there are two more things I want to talk about. And so here would be number three uh, in that list. Less of the world and more of the word. Let me say this again, because this is probably the most important. Less of the world and more of the word. In other words, we would do ourselves a favor to stop pouring the world into our souls. And here's what I mean by that. The world's ideology, the world's morals, the world's philosophies, the world's teaching. Stop consuming that in these massive Costco size quantities. Stop pouring that into our souls and start pouring more of the word of God into our souls. Amen. There's a man named George uh, Fuchel. Uh, he was an early IBM programmer and instructor, and he was given credit for the term garbage in, garbage out. Now, he used that term to teach his computer students that uh, a computer will just process what it's given. So the, the quality of the input produces the quality of the output. All right, so that's true of computers, but did you, not, did you know that the, the, the same thing applies to the human mind? When we allow our minds, or what we allow into our minds, rather, is displayed through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So Jesus would say it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, and so if we have bitterness and, and, and guile and profanity and, and, neg and negativity that we continue to consume, it gets stored up in our heart and then we get backed into a corner and that's kind of what comes out of our mouth. So it's garbage in, garbage out. And I, I, I'm going to give you a precursor here because I'm going to sound like a preacher from like the 1950s. Uh, and I don't mean to, to, but there's nothing wrong with that. I love preaching from the 1950s. I'm not going to apologize. All right, so, um, but uh, let, let me just shoot straight with you for a second. I want you to just sit here and think about the things that you watch on television. Do they honor God or do they defame God? Just the way the characters act, the way the characters talk. Do they honor God? Do they honor Jesus or do they defame Jesus? Or how about the music we listen to? Does it bring worship and praise to the name of Jesus or does it defame all the, all the, the morals and the principles that Jesus spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount? Or how about the posts that we read on social media? The things that we consume? Does it honor God or does it defame the name of Jesus? You see, if we, if we continue to pour worldly thoughts and worldly values in, into our hearts and our minds, we're going to struggle, right? So if, if our hearts are full of these things from, from the things that we consume through all kinds of media outlets, um, and we struggle, there's, there's a reason why we struggle, because we're not putting the right thing into our souls. This is why Paul challenges us in uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5. He says this, we, dest <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> we destroy arguments, <coughs> 
in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and here's the money phrase, and take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. This is why we're told in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, to present your flesh as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And then I love this. He says, do not be conformed by this world. Like your, your heart, your mind's like, a, like clay, like soft clay. Don't let the world form how you act and react and how you talk and how you think. So don't be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing uh, that you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we renew our minds by taking those worldly thoughts captive. Now, how do we do this? <clears throat> We do this through the Word of God. So it's less of the world and more of the Word. This is why every single preacher that you've ever come across, uh, if, if you talk to them and you ask them about this struggle, you, you, you'll say, man, I'm just struggling, that my flesh seems to be winning. I'm like, Paul, I'm doing the very things that I know I'm not supposed to do, the very things that I hate. If that minister is of any value to the kingdom of God, they're going to ask you one specific question. If you come to me, I'm going to ask you this question. And my question is going to be, how much are you in God's word? How much are you reading your Bible? Now, why am I asking that? Because it works. The word of God cleanses the work of the flesh. I want to take you to a passage in just a second. It's it's Ephesians 5. Now, we often refer to this as the marriage passage because it, it talk, Paul's talking really about the church here, um, but he's using an analogy of a husband and wife to kind of talk about Christ's relationship to the church. Okay, so let me ask you a Sunday school question. Who is the bride of Christ? We are. We are the church, okay? And so in the context of that, Paul's going back and forth between the husband and wife relationship and the Christ and his church or the, or the bride relationship. All right. And in Ephesians chapter five, let's pick up in verse 25. Paul says this, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now go to verse 26. Okay. Don't be fooled here. He's still talking about Christ in the church. He's not talking about husband and wife in verse 26. This is how much Christ loved the church, verse 26, that he might sanctify her. Now, sanctify is a big $3 church word that means uh, you're going to have movement in your life. You're going to be holier th this week than you were last week. This is a progressive sanctification. You're going to be set apart for God. So now that he might sanctify her. How is Christ going to sanctify the church? How is Christ going to sanctify the bride? How is Christ going to sanctify us individually? Here's how. By having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. 
Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first studied this and read that, I thought he was still talking about the husband and wife relationship. And so I kind of got this picture of almost, you know, me bringing Lindy into the room and kind of taking my Bible and kind of like washing her off, washing the dirt off of her or, or sitting there reading it to her. And that's somehow going to cleanse her, which, you know, I'm all about couples devotion and prayer time. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's talking about Christ in the church here. And he's saying, listen, if we're struggling, and these things are getting in from the world. The way to cleanse ourselves and keep in step with the Spirit is to wash ourselves from the inside out. And the way that we wash ourselves is with the Word of God. Amen. Now, I'm not here to pick on you about your hygiene habits. But I dare say most of you take a shower more than once a week, right? I take two a day. In the summertime, I take three a day sometimes because I can't stand sweat. Um, most of us bathe on a regular basis. And I say that to say this. It is not enough. You, you cannot and will not be able to keep in step with the Spirit if the only Word of God that's getting into your soul is in this 30 minutes that I preach to you. Just like taking a, a bath every day cleanses you, being in the Word of God every day cleanses you. Yes. So, <clears throat> Christ washes us with His Word. There's this old sermon illustration, and it's always meant so much to me. It's called the bucket illustration. All right, so imagine a bucket that, that has water in it. All right, or you're going to put water in it. And you start pouring water in it, and immediately water just starts shooting out everywhere. So it's, it's just a bucket full of holes. All right. Many people have come to me and they and when I, I asked them, I say, are you in the word of God? Here's what they say. I try. Right. I try to read the word of God, but as much as I read it, it just seems to pour out of me. I can't remember. I like I'll read the word of God. And the next day I can't even remember what I read or the next week. I, I, I can't even remember. I can't retain anything from the word of God. I always use this analogy when I talk to them. And I want you to think about this bucket just being full of dirt and grime. All right. What happens when you continually just pour water in it and the water shoots out? Eventually, it's going to push all that dirt and that grime out of those holes. Okay, this is what we're talking about here. Jesus is going to wash us, cleanse us with the word of God. And yeah, you may not remember or be able to retain what you read last year, last month, even last week. But a constant flow of the Word of God is going to cleanse us, especially when we have more of His Word and less of what the world has to offer us. So if we want to stay in step with the Spirit, we have to have less of the world and more of the Word. And then here's point number four. This is the last thing that we can do. We need less leading and more following. Less leading and more following. Those of you who know me and know me well, uh, you know I, I'm not a fan of bumper sticker theology. I, I'm not a fan of putting some like catchy slogan, some bumper sticker, you know, on your car that may or may not be you know, uh, doctrinally sound. It may have terrible theology. Like that's what a lot of people do. That's their evangelism. Well, I got a fish on my car. 
or I've got this bumper sticker and that's how I evangelize. I'm not a fan of bumper sticker theology. And, and the, the bumper sticker that it always, and I know I sound super pretentious here, that always rubs me the wrong way was a bumper sticker that was very popular in the early 2000s to like 2010. Um, and you've heard me reference it before. A lot of people slap this on their car. God is my co-pilot. That's terrible, terrible theology. Listen, if God is your co-pilot, you need to switch seats. You need, to, you need to just move over and let God take over. So, so in order for us to be able to stay in step with the Holy Spirit, we need to do less leading and more following. We don't lead the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us. Now we act like we do, and I'll tell you how we do. It's in our prayer life. We pray for all the things that we want, and then we say, all right, come on, Holy Spirit. Let's go get those things accomplished. Now, that doesn't work that way. He leads, we follow. Amen. I'm old. I remember life before GPS. How many of you in here remember that? Before, before GPS. Okay. So I, I was following this guy to a wedding. And he didn't know where he was going. We didn't have any kind of GPS. And so we started making all these turns and kind of backtracking. And I felt like we were driving in circles and we would stop at these gas stations and he would jump out of the car and run in. And that's in the old days, that's what you did. Your GPS was like whoever was at the gas station. Hey, I'm trying to get here. And, you know, and he would write some things down. All right. We were just going in circles. And so after the third stop at the gas station, I, I said, hey, hey, hey. Let, 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 let me lead. And I got out a map. Now, these maps, for those of you who are younger, are these things that have all these rows and they kind of tell you where to go. So my dad was a truck driver and he had always taught me how to use a map. And I said, here we are, here's where we want to go. We take this route, this route. All right, I got it. I'm going to follow the map. And so I led and he followed and a strange thing happened. We drove right where we needed to be. No matter how great you are, and I know some of you, there's some great people in here. You are not capable of leading the Holy Spirit. Amen. We follow his direction. In order to do this, though, we've got to listen to him. We've got to follow him. We've got to feed into him. And here's the scary part. We've got to surrender to him. We've got to say, I'm not the pilot. You're the pilot. You take me where I need to go. Now, there are two things, two main things that kind of get in the way or kind of hinder us from following the Holy Spirit like we should. All right. And they are called in the Bible quenching the Holy Spirit or grieving the Holy Spirit. All right. We, we talked about this last year, but let me remind you, quenching the Holy Spirit is when we choose to ignore him when he tells us to do something that is right. So in other words, it may be a guy on the street. He's, he's got a sign. He's hungry. He needs food. And the Holy Spirit kind of in our heart stirs us and says, hey, go, go buy him a Big Mac or, or go give him five or ten dollars. Buy, buy him lunch. That's the Holy Spirit saying this is the right thing to do. 
quenching it is when we say, I'm good. I, I know you're telling me to do this, this good thing, but I I'm just going to ignore, ignore it. So that's quenching the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay. Grieving the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, is when we choose to ignore him and deliberately do the things that we know are wrong. Like, you know, oh, I know the Bible says that I shouldn't do this, but, and then we just justify, justify, justify. I remind you, justify is just a lie. So if, if you're, you know, uh, uh, into theology, the, the proper jargon for this would be sins of omission and sins of commission. Sins of omission are, are this category that involve quenching. It encompasses the, the, the sins of doing what we know we should have done. The Holy Spirit led us, but we refuse to do it. All right, James speaks of this in James 4.17. He says this, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Sins of omission. Sins of commission involve grieving the Holy Spirit. Their category is in describing the things that we did that we shouldn't have done. So stay with me. Every time we ignore the Holy Spirit, when he tells us to go here or go there, he tells us to do what is right, and we ignore him, we quench his fire. Making the choice to not do what is right, to sin over and over again, is grieving the Holy Spirit because he wants us to do the right thing. We cannot keep in step with the Holy Spirit if we don't follow him. So if you're in here and you feel like you're just in a losing battle, like I think we would all shake our head and agree, yeah, there is a war going on within me. It's constant. It just, it's relentless. It, it never gives up. But I'm going, not, I'm not making any progress or I'm going backwards. If we're losing that battle, the main reason is because we're not letting the Holy Spirit lead us. Remember what Paul said in Galatians 5, 25? But if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Um, I've got three sons, uh, Jalen, Calvin, and Deacon. I love those boys so much. I love my daughters too. I love them all, but I'm going to talk about my sons for a minute. Um, because my daughters don't like to go in the woods and hunt. My boys do. Uh, and so uh, over the years, it's kind of been like a, a year-long process for us. We don't just show up the day of deer season and, and then complain that we don't see any deer. Uh, we work. We put cameras out and we put feeders out and we, you know, we try to, to, to figure out patterns. And so the net result is we're there in the summertime a lot in just 100-degree weather with chiggers and mosquitoes. Um, and, and in Georgia, I have found, I've lived here for a long time, I have found there, there is almost an ungodly amount of thorns and thistles everywhere in Georgia, especially on our deer property. And so in the summertime, especially not so much now, but when they were real little guys, um, we would maybe be cutting a deer path or going into a feeder and there's just thorns everywhere. And there, you know, there's, there's snakes. And so I would say to the three of them, hey, let me go in first. And I usually had some type of machete and I'd cut the thorns down. You step where I step. Because I don't want you to, you know, be encapsulated in the thorns or I don't want a snake. I'll kind of look and see if snakes. Just step where I step and you'll be okay. Almost every time one of the three decided that they knew a better way to go. 
And what the net result, especially when they were little, is they would just be like stuck in this whole thing of thorns and I'd have to go get them out and i get thorns all over. And just, I'd say, why didn't you just walk where I walk? Man, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to take me and shake me and say, Kevin, keep in step with me. Walk where I walk. This world has a lot of thorns. There's a lot of dangers. There's a, there, there's a lot of things that feed into the flesh. Go where I lead you. Step where I step. I think this is what the Holy Spirit is telling us today. Where I go, you go. There's this old song. And there, I love the refrain. The refrain goes like this. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Now, we got to sing it three times because we're stubborn, right? And then the last line goes like this. I'll go with him, with him. Now, don't miss this. All the way. Less leading, more following. If you want to win this battle over the flesh, we're never going to do it without the Holy Spirit. We're certainly not going to do it if we don't let the Holy Spirit lead us. So here's what I want to do. I want to do the very same thing I did last week. I want to give you just a few minutes to pray um, on both of these subjects. Just you just lift it up to God. So the first thing I want you to pray about in just a minute is, is, is for you to ask God to change your appetite a little bit. Right to say, hey, I need less of the world in me. I'm, I'm ingesting these things that I know don't magnify the name of God. Not only do they magnify, they're not neutral. They actually defame your name. Change my appetite. Change my pattern. Help me to, to understand that I need less of the world. And those times when you feel convicted, hey, I, maybe I shouldn't watch that show. Take a few minutes and, and read God's word. Let it cleanse you. So I just, you know, where you are in your walk and where you are in your seat, just, just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help change my appetite this week. Take a few minutes and pray, or a few seconds and pray. Okay, the second thing I would ask for you to, to pray about, and, and, and also those of you who are watching online, right there where you are in your living room or on your back deck or, or, or whatever you're doing, uh, you, you pray as well. Pray for the strength. Pray for the insight. Pray for the wisdom. Pray for the stress that's going to happen when you realize that you are not in control <laughs> of your life. Pray for less leading and more following. Like literally ask the Holy Spirit to instruct you step by step of your faith walk. Where should I go? Where you lead me? Where should I follow? So just take a few seconds and, and pray about that. Okay, here's the last thing I'll say before we pray and wrap this up. I, I want you to have this vision in your head of, you know, this big six foot five guy with pterodactyl arms here um, of this scale. The flesh, the flesh or the spirit. 
and to literally ask the Holy Spirit, hey, I want more of this and less of this. I want more of you and, and, and less of the world. And, and begin to, to this week, actually continue those prayers you prayed of it changing your appetite for more word and, and changing your attitude towards more following and less leading. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.